Oh, it did it again. It took slip to me. You. Starting a minute early, what can I say? Oh, now. About to witness. I gotta save my voice. I'm in the studio late singing. I'm not gonna do the scream as much. The awesome. Uh, crushing a might. Uh, of the U. Gene. Robinson. Gonna save the throat, gonna save it, gonna save it. Show! Stopper! Ah, sorry, I gotta sing later on today. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin my voice here for your benefit, your holiday benefit. Anyway, this is show. Wait, hold on a second. This is show nine three. That one was easy. Oh, Oh, how can I do that? That is so nine, three, or if you're in Europe, nine, uh, three. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Early, early, early. Yes, yes, wizardry. Early. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. Uh, but first, Sigmata is going to sing us in. As they have since 2007. With intro, all of nothing. From the record, The Calling of the Just, Stigmata, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where this is a shooting to the death in a nightclub. They also hit your car with a hammer. Go online, Revelation Records, these little micro uh, 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 magnifying glass, type in Stigmata, Calling of the Just. And you too can own this whole CD. Ah, that's inception. Okay, let them sing. Wait, wait, wait. Well, I could not see so clear. A real good look at you. Taking a real good look at your face. So being payback is always nothing. All right, we got a lot of a lot of a lot of strange roads to get down in in a short period of time, but uh, you know I showed up once to a date's house. I've written about this before. Her father was a warden at Sing Sing Prison, and she used to uh, uh, she used to uh, he used to live on the grounds of Fishkill Correctional Prison, which I didn't mention in the story because just Sing Sing it got too confusing. But we got into a big fight. She invited me to the house, and uh, I said, I don't want to go to your parents' house because it's my day off. It wasn't part of my plan. It was your plan. You didn't consult me. And and, and she goes, why? Give me some uh, one good reason. I said, I don't want to have to put on clothes. That's a good enough reason now. I just I hang it out. I'm enjoying my day off. And she said, well, you don't have to put on clothes. I was wearing posing trunks. And she goes, so, so you're saying I can go the way I am now? And she goes, yes. I go, great, fine. So I get in the car. We drive onto the prison grounds through these big gates and these cement walls. It's terrifying. These are old New York prisons. They're like 300 years old. And as we pull up to the door, I'm like thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's not such a good idea to be gallivanting about a prison as, as a 
16-year-old in posing trunks. Uh, and my roommate at the time in the back, because I was a, a summer job I had as a lifeguard, he says, oh, come on, man, just put these on. And he throws some pants from the back seat. And I was like, oh, you think I wouldn't do it? And so, of course, I walk to the front door and uh, I say, knock. And the father opens the door and I say, I suppose you're wondering why I'm dressed this way. And he goes, nope. I go, okay. And that was that. So I, I, I tell you that little bit of a story, which I'm sure you've heard before, to, to, to explain why I'm dressed this way, why I've got my gi on, my Sarau Academy gi or sex addict, what do you think SA stands for, uh, sandbag academy, and my belt around my neck, and not a, a dribble or drab of sweat on my head, or uh, and why the show's starting early. Well, I'm going to give you a little explanation before I get into the strangeness that is the rest of the show. The explanation is, at 10.31, I get a call from Sorau. He goes, I have, I'm going to send you a photo, okay? And I'm going to send you a second photo, okay? I want you to post these on the Sorau Academy page. I go, okay, don't post them together, post them separately. I go, you mean at separate times or not in the same post? Not in the same post, great. I'm gonna send you a photo tomorrow and I'm gonna send you one and I'm gonna send you another. I want you to do this separate. It's like, okay, I got you. And then on Tuesday, I'm gonna say, listen, what are you talking to? All right, we have this long conversation. I go, I'm sorry, I'd like to talk to you forever. But uh, I got to go and open the school, right? I got to get, we got to train. So rain, it's raining like crazy. I get in the car. Uh, I drive all the way to Sorrells. There are accidents. There's some guy sitting in the fast lane. His car turned around backwards. What's he doing? I don't know. Pull up into Sorrells. It's dark. And not only is it dark, but I see some guy in there with spelunking gear on. You know, like he's got the hat with the light on it. And I opened the door. I was like, well, what are you doing? He was like, oh, yeah, you're working on the lights. I go, how long are you going to be? They go, oh, we'll be here for another two hours, an hour and a half. I called Sorrell. I said, hey, 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 uh, 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 Lewis is working on the lights. He goes, Lewis? I go, yeah, Lewis. He goes, no, Lewis is not working on the lights. No, bro, he's here now. He goes, no, Lewis is not working on the I go, bro, he's, I'm looking at him with my eyes. He goes, you're looking at Leo. I go, I'm talking to Leo. He goes, no, Leo's doing the lights. I go, no, I, you're Leo. He goes, this is another Leo. It's like an Abbott and Costello routine. I go, great. He's working on the lights on the mat. He goes, yeah, you can't train today. I go, you just talked to me 18 minutes ago. Why didn't you say something there? Well, uh, I, you know, I was trying to help you out. You're trying to help me out. <laughs> well, look, if you could just stay there and let people know. I go, who did you tell? He goes, oh, I told everybody, but I didn't tell you. Why would you? He goes, look, just stay there and let people know that there's no training today. So I stayed, and that's why I'm dressed in gear with not a, a dribble or drab sweat on my forehead. So this is V93 of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. Since 2007, as Knuckle Up, I did... Um, 500 shows on combatmusicradio.com, kmbt.com. That went out. I got pulled into Bloody Elbow by Kid Nate, and I decided to run it backwards. So if I had been voted uh, a MMA Journalist of the Year, MMA, MMA Commentator of the Year, by the time I got to one from five, so in KMBT, it went from one to 500. 
that, that show died because somebody couldn't figure out how to program the server or something crazy like that. And then I start jumped over to uh, to uh, Bloody Elbow and said, okay, we're going to run it backwards in time, which confused people to no end. So by the time we get to one, I expect to be voted MMA commentator or journalist of the year. That didn't happen. I was supposed to set myself aflame. That didn't happen. So I killed the show. And then I jumped over to Eugene S. Robinson's show Stomper. So it was pretty effortless. And I got it off of Bloody Elbow and put it on the Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash the Stomper. This is going somewhere. And um, and that's where it's been, and that's where it's been ever since. Because of problems that I've alluded to on on past shows, filed under paying the cost to be the boss, I also am now officially a guest on Care Don't Care. Not my show, I'm a guest. This is my show. I am also a guest on If the Shoes, If I Did It and If the Shoes Fit, easily available via YouTube. Now, one of the rants I had going up usually typically combined with a fundraising beef, which I would go pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com is where you could donate uh, money to the PayPal. Plenty of you have been doing that. Thank you. Skipping patreon.com slash the stomper. But I was darkly alluding to difficulties I had doing the show. It was causing, causing me great problem with my daily employee. They were unhappy, even though they had no interest in me doing a show in my underwear, uh, where, you know, I talk about outre sex uh, uh, and criminal topics. But, you know, um, I, I have suddenly realized something. I have suddenly realized something, and that's that um, I, 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 I can't. I can't. I, I, I can't. <laughs> In that I've often talked about how the internet has made my life increasingly difficult. I have also, in the same breath, lifted a line from Cabaret Voltaire that they lifted from Dr. Gene Scott, wherein he described himself as a last truly free voice in America. You know, <clears throat> so some might say, some might say, um, some might say that, some might say that that. Uh, I, I, I it's hard to talk about this in all this cloaked language, but I'm getting I'm getting to the point. Some might say that this show takes more out of me than it gives me, specifically because of its easy availability. I mean, I don't know if you can set it up on YouTube so that you must that only subscribers can see and not open to the general public. I guess I, I need to figure that out. But this is causing me sort of life difficulties because it's easily and openly openly available, readily. Now, you would have to watch a show long and hard to to. Okay, good. I will ask you how later. Are you long and hard to? Um, because I'm thinking about making the whole show something that you got to subscribe. Or you can't see. It's not open to the general public. So I used to have Twitter locked down. I got rid of Velvet Rope and opened it up. Instagram is still locked down because I'm occur I'm concerned about spies. Facebook is Facebook. It's locked down. But as a show stopper, trying to build subscriptions, whatever. Going to let people see it. 
you know, this is how you, this is how you build a base. What dawns on me that normal people, the revenge of the nerds, are never going to see this and understand anything about what we're talking about. Not only are they not going to understand it, it's like if you show your cell phone to your dog. Your dog has a sense of what it smells like, that you presented it with this brick-like substance that's made of glass and steel, and maybe it can smell the remnants of whatever you had in your hand or in your pocket, the mints you had in your pocket with it. But your dog will not understand it. Normal people will not understand this show. They will not understand it. Brian, Brian Land, who sometimes in the comments here, Sendio came up and he had a he had a, a major epiphany. He came up and hung out with me for the day. He's a ten dollar a month cat, so he gets the conversations. And he, in this instance, we got we watched the fight together. He hung out with some of the teams around. We went to the fights, and he said, "It's weird, man. I've watched your show since the very beginning, since it was knuckle up." I discovered somehow. And he goes, you know, you're like the guy from the show, but you're not the guy from the show. But you're like the guy from the show. But it's like a, a facet issue. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. And normal people will not get it. So, you know, the people who have, like, given me a hard time and made, made me make these readjustments to show about whether I'm a guest or whether I'm a host, whether I'm they, they would say that I'm trying to save my, they're, they're trying to save me from myself. Other people who have more seasoned journalists said, I think your shows could be big. I think you should present to, you know, producers that I know at NBC. Do you think you could stop flipping the camera off as often as you do? And, and do you think you could maybe clean up the language a bit? You know, I'm quite convinced if I took my book, A Long Slow Screw, which if you haven't read, you should all buy and read on Amazon, A Long Slow Screw. I'm quite convinced it started out as like Hollywood was very interested. I guarantee you if that had been made into a movie, eventually it would have had penguins with tuxedos in it. Don't you understand the nature of compromise? It's like that story, the Turkish uh, folktale I said about the guy at first, they steal the chickens and the guy's sons were like, ah, dad, it's only chickens. You understand when you, there's not, how much of, <laughs> how much of a more of a, whether you trip down a flight of stairs or off a mountain, you're still falling. So if you don't have any understanding that, personalities could have many facets then then I can't help you then I can't help you you can stick in that slow lane and you can watch people zip by in that fast lane and wonder where they're going or who needs them there sooner than they could possibly be there I can't I can't help you yeah I think I think that's the way to go because I have a distinct sense. It woke me up in the middle of the night. I had an epiphany. It woke me up in the middle of the night. I said, I'm being punished for this show. So what is the solution? I'm, I'm, I'm carrying a social weight that I just finally realized I'm paying right now. A social, professional, and economical weight to do this show. So does that mean I cancel the show? Ah, nah, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because it's my business. My business. And, and if you don't have the discernment, a friend of mine, I had a friend of mine uh, um, give me a reference once. And somebody called up and said, 
Hey, uh, um, what kind of management style, what kind of management style do you need to work with Eugene? And he paused and he said, creative. He'll, he'll work his ass off, he'll break his back and, and take you places you never thought you would do. But you gotta understand that you're dealing with the, a, a freaking Maserati. So I have to say, what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna close this down for the general public because it's never gonna be, we're never gonna be in Luke Thomas territory. I've embraced that. I've accepted that as part of my destiny. But I cannot pay a professional uh, professional political cost for it. That being said, and I know you're gonna think these things are connected, they're not, except tangentially. So that being said, you know, I always talk about internet talk. You know, like anytime I hear somebody say, seriously? Or, you know, all these like basically internet memes that have, have encroached their way into real life. And I go, you know, that's internet talk. Well, they're internet talk and there's internet techniques. So I'm gonna show you something here. And my phone is all Spider-Manned out, but I want you, I'm gonna hold it close so you can see it. And, and I, not, not today, cause I gotta, I gotta record later today. I gotta do some singing. I gotta get up to the studio, and I gotta write the lyrics before I do it. But um, I don't know much about Reddit, but there's this guy who runs a Reddit or a woman. I don't know who it is. Called R slash Basic Income. Yeah, can you read this? So this person, take a look at it. I don't know if you can read it with the glare. They have. Uh, Easily perused the web and got got a picture of me from uh, IBJJF competition. And they say, Marvy Weidman, uh, I can't read it backwards, won't allow Chris to retire because she is all about the greed. And R slash basic income. Uh, yeah, this is not an Oxbow. This is not an Oxbow uh, song. It's a song with the guys from that band Porch, a new project. And so then this person uh, tweets it out to Chris Weidman and his wife. It's kind of weird. With a picture of me from a competition. Kind of weird, you know. So this this feels to me very much like when they they start doxing people or trolling people on a basic level. Besides which, that's not what I said. That's not what Eugene said. Make a, a gift with this and send this to the Weidmans, because that's not what I said. Anyway, this is the TMZ of MMA, and what I said is that the rumors were that expensive taste or what were driving him to a career that should better be thought of in terms of Hall of Fame retirement. I buried that in the show. Mm -hmm. So, because I don't think, I don't think that necessarily this serves the interests of the Weidman household. Guy's a public figure. What doesn't specifically need people putting his wife on blast? 
Well, you, Eugene, you put his wife on blast. I mentioned it in passing. Under the guise of trying to discuss why a guy who's lost as many fights as he has would continue to fight. Rock, uh, Cockhold came to a, a same had a same come to God moment where he's like, right now I don't have any foreseeable plans in my future to continue fighting. Why would I do that? Good question. Something that needs to be asked. Like I believe you must must question the existence of God every day. Every day. So I start to think about this a la Pascal's wager. And I start to think, well, this is either done to hurt or humiliate my friend Chris Weidman or to hurt or humiliate my friend Chris Weidman's wife or to somehow hurt and humiliate me or in full troll fashion, uh, um, in full troll fashion, set us against each other. Um, like that uh, Stephen King story, Needful Things. Oh, you know, which is the nature of trolling. And, and that, you know, if I keep my enemies at each other's throats, what a, what a wonderful day it is for me. To which I'll tell you a funny story before I get into the MMA talk. And you've heard this story before, so don't try to dominate Shalala me. We were playing at the Stork Club in Oakland, Oxbow was. And, you know, I'm on stage and we're singing. And I turn around. And as I turn around to face the audience, I see their eyes all swing to the left. Which would be my right if I'm on stage. And I've done this long enough where I go, oh, no. Because it means that somebody's acting up. And I turn to my right, their left, and I see some guy dancing his wild, unrestrained Watusi, out of time with the music and certainly out of time with the rhythmic pattern I'm laying down. And I go, oh, somebody's clowning me. A guy who wants to be part of the show. So I shall make a... And then I see that the guy, by all appearances, is homeless. And I was like, this guy didn't have the $20 to get in here tonight. So somebody let him in as a joke. They either want to hurt or humiliate him or hurt or humiliate me or both. And I start scanning the club to see who could possibly be at fault. And I find the owner, the club owner, also the guy working the door, sitting back by the front door, smirking. This is the guy, the club owner booked us into his club. This is the owner of the club. And this is how he was going to repay me. So I find I lock eyes with him and I'm singing and I'm looking at him. And what I've told myself is that if this poor homeless guy who lives on the street, who when he leaves his club will not have a warm place to be for hours, that if this guy is still here, when the song ends, 
that that guy at the front door is going to get the beating of his life. I'm singing and I'm looking at him. Like the bad brain sang, my living ain't, uh, uh, you know, my living ain't very funny. And so before the song ends, I see him come back from the front desk. He grabs the guy, says something to him like, okay, buddy, it's time to go. And he gets the guy out of there. The show ends. I leap off the stage and run to the front. He's gone. He didn't take the money. He left it with the bartender. He is gone. But I remember what he looks like. I go, if I ever see you again. And as a consequence, I've never seen the guy again. This has been a long spiel, essentially, explaining to r slash basic income. I'm going to do my homework and see if I can figure out who you're trying to hurt and humiliate. And then we'll go from there. That's it. That's it. Now, back ending into moral turpitude. Look it up, turpitude. This thing, if you follow me on Twitter that I sent out yesterday, since, since it's an all Twitter-fueled show, and I'm not UFC Bushan, Busan, I, I, I'm not really going to talk about that, but I tweeted out all this stuff sent by um, uh, this cat in response to uh, uh, Jason Burmas in response to the bald one lying about the reports on uh, Conor McRapist and uh, MMA journalists backing off the story. Um, and uh, this guy, this cat. I like the picture of the bald one right by Liar. And he just, he quotes, he, go, he quotes, um, he has a video and Irish sports star offers alleged rape victim 1 million pounds plus payoff. Um, guard I investigate alleged rape of woman by Irish sports star. Uh, McNuggets arrested on suspicion of assault in Dublin. Questioned. Uh, um, WhatsApp messages from the journalist covering uh, McNuggets. Telling the police that it was consensual. The woman showing up uh, in a highly traumatized state with extensive bruising and bloody clothing. Forensically, the hotel room has been identified and examined by forensic experts. CCTV has been downloaded and they have spoken to staff. Woman has handed over her bloodstained clothing to Garde. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. And, and I, that's a shame. I spent enough time in Ireland. I should know how to do it. And that is now being examined. She is in a quote. This is a quote from the paper. She is in a deep state of distress and she is absolutely terrified. She was allegedly beaten viciously during the incident and she is terrified for her life. She's in absolute fear. Part of the problem is a sports star is linked to people who are dangerous. And not just accused of one other assault, but several prior to December. There are reports of previous incidents happened 
also involving the sports star and members of his entourage in Ireland. These may also be revisited from the Irish Mirror. Irish sports star and rape claim face other assault allegations. This is 12 12, Dece uh, December 12, 2018. Was choked during the ordeal, choking around the woman's neck. The woman resisted and bit the man in question. She was a single mother, battered and bruised. Uh, I'm, I'm just doing this because I'm assuming a lot of you are not following me on Twitter. If you, if you desire to, at Eugene S. Robinson. At the end of, this is another quote, at the end of the day, there is no doubt that this young lady suffered a horrendous ordeal. The examinations and all the evidence shows that she was raped and very badly assaulted in that penthouse suite. That's from irisscentral.com under the headline, Irish sports star rape victim too afraid to give statement. And it goes on and on and on. On and on and on. So, you know, those of you, um, yeah, yeah, those of you who uh, want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt and presumption of innocence and due process and all that stuff, that's fine. Did you hear about Bevin, the Kentucky, the deposed uh, Kentucky uh, former re uh, Republican governor who has lost the election and as his parting shot decided to pardon a guy who raped two girls under the age of uh, 10, I believe. The guy, the, the judge and jury came, and the prosecutors came to a conclusion that he was guilty and gave him 23 years in prison. The guy served two. And as part of his parting shot, Devin decided to uh, pardon him, which is his prerogative as a head of uh, a state, in this case, Georgia uh, in Kentucky. He also pardoned a guy who had, was in prison for murder after two years, families both of which were wealthy and gave to his campaign. He said that he didn't believe that the girls were raped based on a non-medical, uh, non-expert opinion, and that he was doing the right thing that these guys had been railroaded. People are investigating now. The families are outraged. And uh, um, I don't know if they're going to be able to claw this back. Uh, it's easy. Keep following these guys around like uh, Clint Eastwood said in Dirty Harry. He'll do it again. Why? Because he likes it. That was my Clint Eastwood imitation. He likes it. Like Peter Sotos, the former publisher of Pure Magazine once said, he thinks America is very dishonest. Yeah, that, that, I think that's what I think that's what Bevin said. It wasn't rape, rape. We're very dishonest about how we feel about a uh, about uh, children, and fundamentally how we feel about rape. Dishonest. So uh, I say this as a prelude to say why I'm continuing to boycott. It's like the thirteenth floor. And a building, somehow most buildings, even though these are huge organizations, 
Don't put 13 floors on the elevator because they, they're, they're superstitious. I'm not paying for UFC 246. I'm not watching it. I'm acting like it doesn't exist. You want to tweet me about it, that's fine. But it's on you if you decide to put money in the bald one's pockets. Aiding and abetting the, 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 the futures and the fortune of this alleged rapist. And if you've never been victimized, if you do not know what that feeling is like, go ahead, feel comfortable. Yeah. And talking to a chair. Go ahead. I, in good conscience, cannot. I can't. I can't. I can't. And, uh, uh, and as far as I can see, the only people that, that are militating against this are in a public way. You know, it's like I've t when I talk about Nazis, I've talked about Denmark as the only country that can really hold its head high. When Himmler contacted them and said, we want you to figure out how many Jews you have, they go, great, okay, well, we've done that. So uh, but why? Well, because we want you to get all the Jews to wear yellow stars. Okay, so how many Jews do you have? What, I don't get, if you have 2,000 Jews, we will send you 2,000. If you have 50,000 Jews, we will send you 50,000 yellow stars. We will send you as many stars as you have. And he goes, great. We have 10 million uh, Jews here. Well, so I need 10 million. You mean 10 million? Why well, I need 10 million. Himmler goes, well, you have 10 million? No, the, the king of Denmark says, I need one for me. I need one for the royal, some for the royal family, because we're all gonna, we're all citizens here. We're all gonna, we're you know, show to show solidarity. And Himmler was just like, ah, and they, they let him go. They didn't bother him after that. Only one who could hold his head high. In this instance, Trent Reinsmith. And I'm gonna have my most mainstream nod is gonna as a guy who's been asking difficult, uncomfortable questions in, in a. In a, in a clever and subtle way, which is to say not to lose his credential, uh, is uh, uh, Okamoto, Brett. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not seeing anybody else pushing it. And I don't know enough about what Luke Thomas does to, to guess, what, to see whether he's pushing it or not. But I see everybody else playing along. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. Hasn't taken the money. Woman hasn't taken the money. How do you think she'd feel taking the money if the guy continued? These guys essentially uh, you give them $100 million, let them run wild, let them go back home. Everything changed. Streets don't change. Why do you think Bobby Green's brother got shot? Go back to the neighborhood. You think you think things are all fancy because you're on TV, boy. Back here, things are the same. No good. A chasing scared man is what you see now, but he's got a reason to be chasing and scared. Mucho smoke, mucho fire. Sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna presume he's innocent. Let him work out his legal problems and come with the strength of, of, of a full exoneration whenever that happens. 
push for a quick and speedy trial whenever that happens so you can get back to business whenever that happens. Whenever that happens. But this end run around the slow moving wheels of justice, it tastes like straw in my mouth and I don't like it. It's, it's not straight dealing. It's double dealing. You know, I mean, and, and this is and this is where this is where um, ah <laughs> really, really <laughs> sexual assault everywhere, like in every news report everywhere, connected to Irish sports stars everywhere, everywhere. You know, there there got to be sports stars from Ireland who are like, hey, can't you just name the guy? Because you know, I, it's not me. You tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself to feel good about this guy. But I will not. I will not because this presumption is not extended to poor folk. This presumption is not extended to working class folk. This presumption is not extended to middle class folk. This presumption is extended to Kennedys and to wealthy people and to Irish sports stars. Bloodied, beaten, and bruised. Bloodied. I've had a, a lot of consensual sex. A lot. The big three, bloodied, beaten, what, what did I say? Bloodied, be, bat, battered, bloodied, and beaten. You don't get those three together a lot. The wildest consensual sex. You, you might end up with... No, battered and beaten. You don't get those if it's consensual because they don't call it beaten. It's rough play, yo. So this is, a, as far as I'm concerned, this is internet reality up against real reality. You want to try to hurt and humiliate? Internet reality, real life, the Weidmans. You want to support the alleged rapist because you think in internet reality he's being railroaded and that we are some kind of we are some kind of social justice warriors, and you're gonna do this internet talk and carry it into the real world. In the real world, that's somebody who's getting their tampon pushed up in, in a penthouse apartment that none of you would have gotten close to beating a bruise while gangsters sit around and laugh and an Irish sports star, you know, plunders your anus. Support it if you want. And tie it back into the beginning. All I'm talking about is telling you the unvarnished truth as I see it. As I see it. And because it's a TMZ of MMA, I'll share rumors with you if I hear them.
that's how the whole McNuggets thing started. Because uh, y'all who are on WhatsApp in Dublin saying, hey, I don't know if you're hearing this, but I'm hearing this. I've been talking about it since December of 2018. And though, <laughs> in total, <laughs> in total, the show stomper, going back to knuckle up, maybe it made sense to start in 2007 when Fight or Everything You Ever Want to Know About Ass Kicking or Afraid to Get Ass Kicked for Ass Kicking came out as promo for the book. There's no reason the same person like me should have continued to do this show. But I don't care. Insofar as I might desire to affect the outcome somewhere, somehow, by speaking the word. You know what they say? Do you, do you know what the te tetragrammaton is? There are four letters that were that spoken were with a birth of creation. The word, the word that named creation. Once creation had a name. Once creation had a name, it all flowed through the through the, the keyhole of this of this one word. It's a four-letter word that the Jews interpreted as Yahweh. If you look at the Tetragrammaton, it looks like Yahweh without the vowels. One word. So if and and, and the other times they've said. You know, uh, 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 I used to have this this thing a friend of mine had drawn for me with uh, an image of a winged, uh, winged, you know, extraterrestrial Christ with the, the four letters, the tetragrammaton holding it, giving birth to creation with this one word. You know, if anybody could say anything, they would say, right. This is truth. No, this is a naked lunch moment where you pick up the fork and you say, I'm either going to look at what's on the end of the fork or I'm not going to look at what's at the end of the fork. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. Well, I like the hunt. I used to like the hunt. Why? Because I want to look at the end of that fork and know what gate, you know, what that is I'm putting in my mouth. I got to know. And that's what this show is about. And that's why I'm going to continue to do it. He's like, oh, Eugene, was that ever in doubt? That kept me up last night. He kept me up last night. Thinking, you know, this is probably making my life harder. People go to Google. They say, hey, I wonder what this cat Eugene S. Robinson is about. Oh, my God. He's doing this crazy show. What's crazy about it? What's, the, what's crazy about it? Crazy. Truth is crazy. People willing to speak the truth even crazier. People willing to speak the truth for not major recompense is really crazy to the average mind. Well, I had I got audited three times. And at one point the guy said to me, you know, it looks like you are trying to use business losses to, to conceal all this other money that you're making. I go, <laughs> uh, okay. He said, well, that's not really it. But he goes, okay, let's get philosophical for a second. 
are you in business to make money or you're not in business to make money? And it was a good question. Nobody had ever asked me that before. I said, well, I'm, I'm kind of in business to be in business. I just like it. You know, there's so, those, are, those are other reasons. Start a social club. But if the numbers are not here, it doesn't make sense to do. If it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. I go, thank you for your advice. Thank you. How much is it going to cost me? $60, my first audit. $260, my second audit. Third audit, zero. I'm doing quite well. Have a happy holidays. In a few hours, Hanukkah begins. Christmas is in a few days. So, uh, you know, the, the question was good. Are you not in business to make money? To the normal mind that I don't get recompense outside of dribbles and drabs and a dollar here or five dollars there, it doesn't make sense to the normal mind. Why would you do this? And like you have to question the existence of God every day. You know, that's what this show is about. Why? Because uh, he's not on the show right now. Mm. I don't see his name in the comments. Let's just say Brian. Oh, he uses his name in the comments. He's good. Brian Land. He texted me. He goes, I don't know if you get depressed around the holidays, Eugene, but I got to let you know that, that, that this show has saved my life. Oh, take a drink. It's early for that, but the poster fell. And I didn't even lean into it. It just fell because it wants you to drink alcohol. Like it or not, we are some version of a family. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Typically, it's, typically, it's only really one time that you got to do it. The rest of that is just shoring up that original decision you made when you questioned it the first time. The hope is that you're not on a mountain thinking about throwing yourself down, crashed on the rocks below and being whispered to by uh, an invisible force. But that's another story. Anyway, UFC Busan. There have been a lot of questions about this guy's gyno. Um, you know, gyno is naturally occurring, right? Gyno is naturally occurring. So there's a possibility that it could be it could be natural. Some people have come in saying that the guy was heavy, he's struggled with his weight his whole life. And, you know, all of these things are all possible. All of them are possible. I haven't seen the way the guy fights. What I notice about people, it's a level of aggression that, you know, you to, you have to have. It's a personality issue. I don't see, when I see guys train who are on, they don't have any refractory period. You know, you got to wait 30 seconds, 60 seconds between sets when you're lifting weights. Or your level of attack with jujitsu, you move to move to move. Drive, drive, drive. I, I've grappled with many a guy who has been on, and I can tell you right, I can tell you right away. They said, Well, why is it why is a grown adult male gonna lose a fight against a chimp? They said, Well, a chimp's muscles fire, you know, in a very different way. For example, they don't have any chimp watchmakers. Fine motor skills, gross motor skills, it's like electrical jolts. A jolt when a, a, a chimp like who ate that woman's face off was trying to tear off the door of the police car. You know, it would have we have fine motor skills, so we would have been trying our body would have been trying to 
kind of legislate which muscles are pulling. The chimp is like a 360-degree bomb muscle. That's why the, the chimp very clearly almost pulled the door off before the cop shot it. This chimp that the woman had been shooting, jamming full of antipsychotic medication because the chimp was depressed. Chimp was depressed because you got him sitting in underwear watching daytime talk shows in suburban Connecticut. So that chimp was depressed. Well, she's had a lot of time to think about it. Now she had her face chewed off. At least she got to make friends with Oprah. So this UFC Busan, if, if, if your fight, if the, the biggest question that you have coming out of your fight is whether the guy's got gyno or not, you know, uh, um, <laughs> I don't say that you had a winner fight. We did have Rakic, who was a, 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 a known associate. Uh, yeah, that's right. It was a friend who got the face chewed, not even the woman. I feel terrible that my friend got the face chewed off by the chimp that I've been chocking full of Wellbutrin and, and Prozac. Of course not. It's never that way. Like that guy at the Oakland Zoo who was throwing cans at the tiger. Ah, fuck you, tiger. Ah, fuck you. The tiger did something amazing that day. That tiger launched itself against a 10-foot-high wall, climbed over, and immediately killed who? The friends of the guy who was throwing stuff at the tiger because they tried to protect their friend who was throwing stuff at the tiger, and they got murdered by the, the tiger. <laughs> and that guy went on to sue, win the lawsuit, and they commit a series of crimes after that, indicating that he was a douchebag to a manner born and should have been killed by a tiger. But was it him? It was not. It was not. It was the peacemaker who got killed. Like the friend who visited and got attacked, got a face chewed off by a chimp. So UFC Busan. Rakic uh, lost to uh, Volkan uh, Uzumir. Um, Rakic is only 12-2. and two. It was a split decision. It was really close. Um, it seemed like he, uh, uh, yeah, it seemed like he, uh, got tired toward the end, but he trains with a Roberto Pastouche, who's an also, who's been on old knuckle up, uh, old, I don't think he was on a JJB. He's a, a, a team Sorrell, uh, former member guy is a Kwai Chan Kane wandering around the land. He's in Vienna, he's in Argentina, you know, dispensing, uh, jujitsu genius wherever he goes. And now he's, he's training uh, Rakic. He'll be back. Only Austrian fighter that I know about right now. Frankie Edgar against uh, 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 Chang Sung Jung, you know, the Korean zombie. I, di I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's time for Frankie. I had to pick him. I had to pick him because he's a known associates guy. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Superboy, Superboy, um, Broke his hand, I guess. But he beat Jordan. Yeah. I, I sort of cared about that fight. Um, another tough guy. First round, broke his hand, fought the second round, I guess, concealed it. And I like something that, that Frankie Edgar said post-fight. He was like, you win like a man, you lose like a man. He does need to retire. I agree. We're seeing that. We're see Yeah, that's what I thought. Who? What, what listing am I looking at? That says uh, that says that I'm, I'm I'm looking at this listing that says that that the let me let's just let me go to sure dog because this this is screwy. I thought that too because I knew my picks had bottomed out on this fight. Um, yeah, I think it was the hand. So I I think we're we're you know we're gonna see it and you gotta keep in mind you know when I see pictures of Tank Abbott 
Hold on a second. Tank, what I got on my bookshelf. He was in the fight book, fighter, everything you want to know about asking, but afraid to get your asking for asking. He and I hung out a bunch of bit. When I see pictures of him now, I'm like, oh, God, Tank, what happened? Well, you know, I look at pictures of myself. I go, oh, my God, you don't look a day over 40. <laughs> so um, we're going to watch a lot of people. And, and you know what started to make me sad in a really un unaccountably strange way? That we are within five years, I imagine, of seeing, like, Johnny Boney Joni bite the dust. Yeah, you know? I, it's just weird. It's just weird. And you don't know, you know, you don't know, like, that there's going to be somebody to replace him. Yeah, you know, Deontay Wilder and, then, you know, these guys, are, but they know Mike Tyson. And if you're saying that, you know what that means? It means you're old. But the reality of it is they weren't a Mike Tyson. The reality of it is if you saw Mike Tyson walk down that, the, the vomitorium, the entryway to the, from the stadium to the ring in Madison Square Garden, in the 80s, my God, that was thrilling. And that moment will never come back. And that's why we're here to a certain degree. That's why we're here. And we can we can we can lead these moments, these naked lunch moments where we look at it and we go, uh um, uh um, where we go, oh my God, I'm eating carrion. Because the glory of what it once was kind of somehow in a weird way justifies it. So um but in terms of the rest of this card, Miranda Granger and Amanda Lemos. First of all, you had to wake up at two in the morning to watch it. So a lot of you, I got it. Match now. Um, I got it. I got it. I got it. But you know, I mean, two in the morning, and I know you guys go, ah, now you know what it feels like to be on. Okay, stop. It's, it's nothing but sleep. You can make it up some other time. It's a holiday season. Have a hot toddy and relax. So yes, what does Sure Dog say? That's what I thought. It was a TKO, Jordan. I, you know, the internet, the internet is is terrible. Um, so, uh, so it, it was. Uh, we don't have, we don't have, um, we don't have. Uh, sorry, we don't have any. Uh, a care don't care because we have a few weeks with no fights. So, and also the law in California has changed such that um, they have to reconfigure how they pay contractors. So I think what that means will mean with Care Don't Care is that my number of appearances on Care Don't Care will have to be limited to a certain, uh, uh, in, a, in any calendar year will have to be limited to a certain number. I believe off the top of my head that the number is 35. So care though care will start to be, it's like caviar will start to be a very special treat. I mean, 35, well, how many weeks are there in a year? You know, what, 52, something like that. So, um, yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll see what that, what that does. But there's no care don't care today. However, on Christmas Eve, I, don't, I haven't talked to Alexi about it. I'm, maybe Ms. Tech knows. But uh, I don't know what we're going to do about uh, uh, yeah. If the if I did, if the shoes fit, maybe we'll do it earlier. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But anyway, so um, so that's where we are. The full circle to close the full circle is that um, 
what is that a derivation of the Marx Brothers saying? I don't want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. And, uh, um, you know, I, I'm not really. What is that great line, the Ian McShane line written by David Milch from Deadwood? Yankton is muscle, and I don't like muscle. Never have, never will. Or to quote Henry Rollins, I don't like anybody who's got all the answers for me. So, you know, all the professional advice about the wisdom, you know, about the wisdom for doing the show, my attempts to scare me or, or hurt or humiliate friends of, friends of showstopper, uh, fosses. They used to be fuck yous, now they're fosses. The, in the wide mints, doesn't work. Try trapping your internet reality, you'll be faced with reality reality. Will not pay for UFC 246. Don't want to, to acknowledge its existence. You know, a homophobe Donald Cerrone. <laughs> um, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do You have a friend who's a homosexual. You don't address it when you see him. You go on Joe Rogan and call your friend, your friend a faggot. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you, Cerrone? What, you, you concern? <laughs> you concern? You know, another, this Republican, this uh, Christian minister, anti-gay Christian minister, found them with a sausage where a sausage shouldn't be. It's so predictable. Stop it. So in this Christmas season, I want to wish you good tidings, good tidings to all. And that every step you take from here on out, it'd be the most truthful step you can take. Yeah. And that like it or not, whether it benefits me or not, I do it because I want to. You find family where you find family. So I wish you all a good holiday season. No, no. Do something nice for yourselves. I would say do something nice for me. <laughs> oh, hey, that's part of my brand. Aggressive self-interest. Self-regard. It's important. Patreon.com slash the stomper, also known as Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com. Because, eh, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to be punished professionally for this, I might as well. It makes me feel not as stupid if they give a dollar. Also, Oxbow, O-X-B-O-W. Yes, you did, sir. And I got to tell you, I got to, uh, before I forget, I think it's supposed to run January 8th, the goat farming story, which means I need to edit it before then. <laughs> so thank you for giving me work during the holidays, you prick. That's sarcasm. That's the American-style sarcasm. Huh? Um, as usual, if you got sex questions, <laughs> I don't think the column run. the next column runs January 5th. And I think I ended the year having exhausted all my questions. You got my email. You can DM me. They don't have to be questions from you. They could be questions from your friends. 
but I gotta fill up. I gotta fill up the the uh, the, the coffers again. They ran low. So if you have sex questions, you heard about sex questions. There've been some heavy ones lately. My my favorite one lately is the one January fifth where you see it. Oh boy, it it, it it references Rupert Holmes, or maybe I, I reference it in my uh, yeah I reference it in my answer. I don't remember the Pina Colada song. Can you believe it? We went back that far. In any case, in any case. There will not be a show on the 29th. Why? Well, it's complicated. But I think I will do one on the 30th. If you're around, you're around. If you click that little notification button up at the top, it will let you know. Also, like I said last time, if you see me, you didn't see me. I said that before, and all of you kept my confidences. That was crazy. There have been spottings. There have been Eugene spottings. The guy, he, when the early people left the comments, I don't want to put him on Front Street because he doesn't want to know, spotted me in Vegas. Three of you spotted me in Brooklyn Heights. You don't like, like Mr. Marcus, the porn star, once said to a, about, a, to a friend of mine at HBO about me, Eugene gets around. So if you see me, you didn't see me. Unless you got a Reddit page, and if you see me, you see me too late. <laughs> ah! So, yes, we will do one more before the end of the year. We'll do a New Year's Eve show, but it won't be uh, next Sunday. So prepare yourself for that. Anyway, this is V94 of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stop Up. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Thank you for showing up. I am not going to scream because I have to sing later. So I'll say in the quietest, most heartfelt tone ever, look what you made me do. Goodbye. <laughs>